Hey guys, welcome to another T-Baron News Podcast. Just got a new microphone, so you're probably going to notice the audio quality is better than previous broadcasts. Uh, Bill's got a new one as well, so hoping to get some of these podcasts churned out a little more regularly so we can start getting good content about all the different topics that we cover. We're going to talk about politics, conservatism, the Constitution, current events, geography, language, just about everything you can think of. Uh, So I want to do this one. It's going to be a little bit lighthearted since it's basically a return from hiatus. Got a bunch of different ideas for programs. We're going to do one on the Electoral College probably for next week since that's a big topic right now. Obviously the election's big, so we're going to talk about some of the big impacts from the election. I want to get back to that series where we talk about Islamic extremism, whether that's inextricable from Islam and what the history of extremism in Islam is. Want to talk about the history of Western civilization, talk about the stock market, lots of different things that we're going to talk about. Uh, Again, I do apologize for those of you that tune into these podcasts. I know it's a pretty small audience so far. Had some hiccups getting everything off the ground. Fortunately for me, I have a day job, and in that day job, I was able to launch a podcast for that company so I could get a little bit more practice in how to turn these podcasts out on a regular basis. I'm hoping to apply those skills to get regular T-Rod News podcasts out as well for you guys. So definitely stay tuned for that. This week, I want to talk a little bit about something that is of interest to me. Uh, I'm going to talk about learning foreign languages. In my own life, I'm a little bit famous among some of my friends for knowing multiple languages. I'm fluent in, obviously, English, and then I'm fluent in Spanish and Portuguese, and I study pretty extensively, but not to the point of fluency, the languages of French, Italian, and German. And so people come up to me, they say, Adam, how do you know these languages? Why is it that you can just turn on a clip on YouTube in a language you're not even fluent in and figure out what's going on? Why can you read signs in airports? Why can you translate my last name? Or probably more often, why did you decide to translate my name for me? Why did you do that? That's weird. So I want to talk a little bit about how foreign languages became a part of my life and what you can do just taking little steps every day to learn foreign languages and learn to appreciate other cultures. Because, and I'll tell you right now, one of the main reasons I want to do this podcast and make foreign languages and foreign culture part of the voice of Tiburon News is simply that people on the right have got a reputation for being xenophobic. And I think it's a reputation that has its roots in some of the things that the party has said and done over time. Um, I'm hoping to get a podcast in about the Southern strategy and what the Republican Party is now that Trump has won versus what it was after Nixon and what it was before FDR. So what does it mean for the future of the right in the United States if everybody's a xenophobe? So I want to debunk that. Not just by saying, oh, I'm a Republican and I also speak foreign languages, so therefore your argument is invalid. But also by creating a forum so that hopefully people on the right that appreciate other cultures and believe that fiscal conservatism transcends borders can come here and talk in the comments about all sorts of different issues that we talk about and ultimately create an intellectual sideline for the right. So I guess the first question I should cover is, how did I get started with languages and Obviously, I think just about everybody gets started with foreign languages in primary or secondary school here in the United States. Uh, So when I was very young, my elementary school had French courses, very, very basic stuff. I'm talking like first graders that can barely speak English. You're showing them just a couple of words of French. And then 
when I was in second or third grade, they switched over to Spanish because that was the big thing. Everybody was saying, oh, Spanish is going to be the main foreign language that people are taught for, for fairly obvious reasons, right? So I learned a little bit of Spanish in elementary school, learned to form a couple of basic sentences. And really where it got started was when I turned 14 and I started working at a McDonald's restaurant in the next town over. I tell people that the reason that I want to learn Spanish was that I could tell people were talking smack about me behind my back and I wanted to understand them. And that's partially true. But the main thing that was going on is I sort of saw an opportunity, right? To take advantage of a situation that I had been blessed to receive where I was surrounded by people that spoke natively a language different from me. And instead of just trying to communicate in English and ultimately creating an inconvenience for myself if they didn't understand me, we could have a back and forth where I helped them learn a little bit of English, help them with their phrasing, their spelling, their grammar. And then in turn, they helped me to pick up some Spanish, right? So I stayed at that restaurant for just under three years. And I continued to work in restaurants for uh, up until I'd spent a total of about eight or nine years working in restaurants with a largely Hispanic workforce. Over the course of that period of time, I basically became fluent in Spanish just by being surrounded by it. Now, obviously, my Spanish is not just street Spanish. I went to school and took classes at university. I minored in a program that actually, oddly enough, I proposed it to the foreign language department. And then by the time I got to the end, uh, it, it turned out that a professor was already working on essentially the same program I had proposed. So I don't take credit for the idea, but I like to think that I was part of the reason it was developed because the professor that proposed it was one of my professors. So I think maybe we were on the same brainwave and had the same idea, but not together. So I took classes on formal Spanish, learned about contracts, learned about business conversations, and really worked on sounding as educated as possible. That helped me to get a job in international sales when I graduated. So the first piece of advice that I would give to anybody that wants to learn a foreign language is you have to use it. You have to use it as much as possible. And when I say use, I don't mean go out and get a job selling subscriptions in Russia because you want to learn Russian, right? Obviously, that's way too, way too difficult for somebody who just wants to learn the language, even just conversationally. So obviously, you're not going to want to do that. But when you're learning a language, you're going to want to focus on things like reading news, watching videos on YouTube, or whatever video portal might be more common in the countries where your language is spoken. You might want to consider getting involved in some online chat rooms that allow people to exchange information and be internet pen pals. I've met a variety of people through the internet to chat and practice some of the languages that I want to learn, in addition to the fact that I just follow news sites in the languages that I want to learn. And a big part of how I would recommend that anybody get started, by the way, is through Rosetta Stone or some program like it. There's lots of cheap imitations of Rosetta Stone. Uh, Duolingo, not to drop too many names, obviously, I don't want to get in trouble. Duolingo is great for maintenance and practice, but really the greatest tool that I've seen for anybody that wants to start learning a language is probably Rosetta Stone. The great thing about Rosetta Stone is that it teaches you a language the way that you, as a baby, learned your native language. You know, think about it. When you were born, you didn't know what water was, right? You didn't know what milk was. You didn't know any of that. 
but somebody held milk in front of your face and said, milk, milk. And that's how you learned. You just mimicked back those sounds. So the great thing about Rosetta Stone is that you never get exposed to anything in your native language, except, of course, you know, when you open the program, all the menus are in your native language. But it'll show you pictures. It'll say, uh, I'll stick with German, right? So German will say Mutter. And it'll show you a picture of a dad and a mom. So you guess, right? Now, obviously, as an English speaker, it's pretty obvious to me between the two that Mutter is mother, right? So I pick Mutter and I get a ding, you're right. So then the next one, Vater. So now I have process of elimination. I know the other one is Vater. The next stage, it's going to get a little more complicated. It's going to go through step by step, teach you grammar, teach you spelling. The first couple of levels of Rosetta Stone, I would recommend to anybody that wants to get started with a language, get a real solid baseline. And then that's when you start saying, okay, I'm going to go talk to people. I'm going to start watching videos. I'm going to start reading the news and really start to develop that conversational fluency with raw experience. So now, now that we've talked a little bit about what it means to learn a language, what are some of the benefits of being bilingual or trilingual or even a polyglot? Polyglot being somebody that speaks five or more languages. Well, as far as your career prospects, as of right now, there's no machine that can just talk to somebody for you, right? I mean, we have the Babel fish from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where you put something in your ear and you can understand what the other person's saying because it'll talk to you in your ear and then you speak and somebody else has the Babel fish and they understand you. That doesn't exist yet, right? What we do have are some fairly primitive machines that you speak into and they spit something out on the other side, but they're not perfect and they make somebody feel very separated from the person with whom they're speaking. And obviously using a translator when you're talking about things like uh, doing business deals, a, a translator is going to add cost. So if an employer can hire you as a foreign language speaker and know that they can trust you with certain types of interactions just because of language ability, that's going to potentially help you. And it's going to depend on what kind of language you have. If you speak Russian or Arabic, you might be able to get involved with something that's on the level of the federal government. If you speak Spanish or Italian, Portuguese, German, French, you might be able to get involved in banking or international business. And there's lots of other languages, obviously Mandarin and Cantonese and a few of the other languages in the Chinese and Asian families. Obviously, those languages are in high demand and in increasing demand, even though in the same parallel, most of those people are learning a Western language. So you're going to find a lot of Chinese citizens that speak English. In fact, interestingly enough, there are more English speakers in China than there are citizens of the United States, to put that into perspective. So while obviously learning Mandarin is a great idea if you want to go into business, it's not necessarily the be-all, end-all language for business students, especially since it's so much different from English that it's not exactly the kind of language that somebody who grew up speaking English can just pick up. So as far as foreign languages and foreign cultures, I have traveled a little bit myself. I have been to England one time, hope to see more of Europe someday. Been to a lot of different areas of Latin America. Definitely love to travel, and as I travel more, I hope to have some pictures to bring back for you guys. But there's definitely a lot to be appreciated out in the world. The world is more than just your town, city, county, state. There are just so many different pieces to the puzzle that is our world that 
are difficult to appreciate behind a computer screen. So one of the things that I love doing is studying a country, studying a culture, and then just getting on a plane and going there. It's one of the reasons that I was able to go to Colombia. Now three times I've been to Colombia and I've enjoyed it so much. It's such a fascinating place, such a fascinating part of South America, which is a continent that I've scratched the surface of in my travels and, and I hope to see more of South America. But you just read the news and you would think that Colombia is just some war-torn wasteland, even as recently as this year when they had the referendum for peace with the rebels, which, by the way, there should be another referendum vote coming up with a renegotiated deal that's actually a much better deal for the Colombian people than the first one. You would think it's just this war-torn, drug-infested wasteland, but it's not. It really isn't. When you're on the north coast of Colombia, there's so many new skyscrapers, so many condos, so much development, and so much in the way of a rich history and a rich culture that it really makes you question just about everything you know about the world. And that's the feeling that I love about traveling and studying other cultures. When I was young, I had a piano teacher, and one of the things that he said that stuck with me was, the more you learn, the more you realize what you don't know. Obviously, that's not something that he coined, right? That's a common phrase, as I came to know. But that stuck with me, because I've just never seen anything else be more true than that. And it's one of the reasons why I started this channel, wanted to start a conversation with other people and, and learn even more and share what I know with, with an audience that's going to develop. And it's one of the reasons why I'm so fascinated by my country and other countries and the history of the world. And I hope that if you're interested in foreign languages and foreign culture, that you'll continue to stay involved in the Tiburon News community, make contributions, suggestions, and, and be part of a family that we hope to develop here. So thanks again for listening. We're going to be back next week with politics, with the Constitution, and all the other themes that we cover. Bill did a great podcast about the 20th Amendment of the Constitution right before the election, so I know Bill's going to be coming out with some great analysis as we go, hoping to get some articles back up and running, and as always, if you have comments, questions, feel free to reach out to us at tbronnews.com.